friends, I am Beto Gudiño. Welcome to the Christian Podcast. And today we have a very special, amazing guest. His name is Shane Blackshear. Shane, how are you doing? Man, I'm so good. I'm on this podcast, so I'm happy. <laughs> so good, man. I feel like I've talked to you for, for a while, even though this is the very first day of me talking to you. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what is Seminary Dropout? Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Austin, Texas, with my wife and two kids, and I kind of wear a few hats. I have a day job. I'm also uh, have a, a unpaid job as on the pastoral team at my church, and I do this pod, uh, a podcast called Seminary Dropout, where I interview Christian authors, leaders, thinkers, and some musicians, and been doing that for about seven years now, and it's super fun. Well, I've been listening a little bit to the seminary, not a little bit, quite, quite a lot, um, to Seminary Dropout. I love it, man. I think the conversations are just phenomenal, and I know there's even like some of your your teachings or preachings from your church. You know, every now and then there's there's one or two. I've listened to those two. And I'm like, wow, this this guy has something, you know, and especially probably like all that you've learned, you know, talking to a lot of people. And in a sense, well, I'll tell you a little bit what I'm what I was trying to do first with with a Christian podcast. I was trying to build a website where it almost like a directory where you would just find all kinds of Christian podcasts, right? I mean, there's thousands and thousands of Christian podcasts and episodes. There's millions of episodes, all kinds of topics, right? Um, but I wanted to have this place. And then, and I started this year. I started in January 2020. And then by March, which <laughs> is almost when COVID started hitting uh, the U.S., I thought, okay, this is going to be overwhelming if I try to put like all these podcasts on my website. But like you were saying, you know, podcasting, I've been listening to podcasts for a while. And it, even though it's fairly new for a lot of people, podcasts have been going on for a while. And then just this idea started happening. Man, I think I, I just got to do my own podcast, you know, because I can focus on one and not really focus on no, thousands. But one of my goals and one of my ideas is to start hopefully like interviewing some of the podcasters that I admire or that I listen to and then kind of feature them on my website and kind of have the directory maybe in a smaller size because it's not going to be you know, thousands, but the ones that I you know I really listen to and I really like. So that's that's what I'm trying to do with this. But I know this happens to podcasting that... Mm, I would say this, when you start a podcast, it's because there is a challenge and you want to talk about it, right? So I want to go, I don't know if we can go seven years back and how much, no, it's fresh in your mind, but can we go as far back as you can with why did you start Seminary Dropout? Like what, what's the story behind, what was maybe the challenges that you were uh, encountering that you said, man, I got to talk about this stuff and maybe, you know, podcasting is going to be the way you, you approach it. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll, I'll start way back. I was, I planted a church with some friends of mine, uh, way, way back. 
and uh, was on staff as a pastor of that church for about five years. And at the end of that five years, I was, um, I just kind of felt a release from uh, being a lead pastor from that church. So I resigned there and my wife and I decided to move here to Austin where we are now. I started a career in real estate and I wanted to, uh, you know, find a church to be involved in, but wasn't interested in being on staff or anything like that. And then after, I don't know, six, nine months, I, I kind of just got to the point where I realized that I really wanted, I really missed a lot about ministry. Uh, there were a lot of things that I didn't miss that I wasn't good at, but there were some things. And part of those things were having conversations about, um, about theology, about spiritual matters. And so I, at that time I started a blog and everybody had a blog back then. It was pretty, it was like peak blog, you know, and uh, it was just kind of for me to put my thoughts out there. It wasn't a big deal. And uh, around the same time, I started getting into podcasting more and was even, I was listening to a podcast on how to podcast <laughs> and uh, uh, just I don't know why I started listening to it it was just interesting and then after a while I realized that that I could do one technologically I, I knew how to put one together just because I had been listening to this and uh, so then I just thought well what if I what would it be if I started a podcast and I've always just if you've you know you've been reading a book or something and thought man I'd really love to just pick the author's brain about this and what they think about this and have them interact with other people and that sort of thing. And so that was kind of the start of it. And I was really astonished at the people that were accepting interview requests from me uh, early on. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Nice. And I saw, I mean, I've never read an anti-right book other than my first one is God in the Pandemic, which is super recent. And it's, I mean, it's small, right? And it, it doesn't really have to do with his like scholar work and research and, you know, Paul and the early Christians. But you have interviews with amazing scholars and teachers and preachers. I'm just curious to know, do you? When after like all these interviews, do you feel like you've learned? What have you learned? You know, is, is there something specific? Is there like from each one you learn something new? Are you just discovering uh, one thing at a time? I don't know. Just what are you learning when, when you talk to like this massive scholars and theologians? Yeah, man, I really do feel like I am getting the best education I could ever get. It feels like it feels like it's my own private seminary because I'm just sitting down and talking with people who write seminary textbooks sometimes. Yeah. Um, they're not, it's not always that scholarly. Again, there's sometimes there's musicians or other bloggers and things like that. But yeah, I mean, after we're over 200 episodes now and man, just thinking about all that I've learned since then, the conversations that really changed me. Um, yeah, I just cannot, I, I'm just so blown away at how, how lucky I am to be able to, to do that. So it, it's been just such a fulfilling experience. And do you think some of your, I don't know, like your theology views have changed? Because I, I mean, 
when I was listening to you preaching, I'm like, wow. And and then later on, because like, I've been listening to like NT Wright, um, Ask NT Wright Anything podcast. I'm like, wow, I can see some correlation between, you know, the way of thinking with NT and your style of preaching. Um, in particular, you know, talking about the kingdom of God and heaven and things like that. But let's say seven years ago, do you think... Do you think your theology has changed for the better? And then, well, maybe answer that. And then I'll have another question right after. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's changed for the better. And I think there's a lot of things where I don't, I wouldn't say like, I believe this one thing and I didn't anymore, but I believe I, I understood something deeper. So, but I guess I did change a little bit. You're talking about N.T. Wright and, you know, one of the things that he's, he unpacks in, in specifically in his book, Surprised by Hope, but it comes out a lot. And a lot of things he writes is that, uh, you know, basically the, the idea that we, when we die and we go to heaven for eternity, that that's not really what the scripture says that really, um, when we die, we will go to heaven and rest with God. And, but then someday he's going to return and there will be a resurrection from the dead. And we will, uh, be on a new earth and a new heaven and that's where we'll live for the rest of eternity and so so yeah that was definitely one thing where i thought i thought i I understood something but i realized i really didn't understand it uh correctly um i think about uh hell like my view of hell has really changed in the last seven years specifically from uh interviews i've done and the and the things that i've read uh around that uh, I'm not a universalist, but I'm um, that uh, I really think that the, a faithful, a more faithful reading of scripture, um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me to uh, believe in eternal conscious torment now based on scripture, the testimony of scripture. Uh, so that's one thing that's, that's definitely changed in the last seven years for sure. Yeah, and that could be pretty massive for a lot of people, right? And I think, I mean, people will be listening around the world, and I don't necessarily know what their you know, theology could be all over, right? People can believe whatever they want to believe. Uh, but I think I was raised, and for the most part, I would say to everybody, you know, in the in the last 30, 40 years, with this idea of, you know, you... You either go to heaven or hell when you die. And there's the two options, right? And thinking of life in the narrative of, okay, heaven and hell. And and I concur with you because I, I think, you know, part of my newer understanding is that life is more about, and earth is really is the, the story or the narrative in the, in the Bible, in scripture. It's more about heaven and earth rather than heaven and hell, right? And there's, I think there's a place, well, my, my particular view, right? I think there's a place for hell. Um, maybe not as a place, but I, I mean, if Jesus addresses, right, hell and and all their disciples, I mean, for sure, it's not something like we can just take out and say, no, there's no hell. We got to talk about maybe like reimagine what it means and yeah, what it is, right. right? But... I'm I'm curious to know what do you think is gonna. 
I, I think of our podcasting, you know, you, me, who, everybody that's podcasting right now, this is, these are really the early stages of the 21st century, right? So probably we won't make it to the next century, you know, <laughs> if, <laughs> I mean, according to, to just no mathematics, it's going to be really hard if we make it to the, to the new century. But what are some of your hopes with seminary dropout for a future church? When you are podcasting, when you're learning yourself, do you ambition people listening and maybe uh, shifting their minds a little bit? Like, do, do, you, do you try to do that in your podcast or is it more just like a, a conversation? Just tell me a little bit more about what, what's the goal with seminary dropout. Well, that's a good question. Well, I hope that it creates a church more focused around Jesus. Um, I hope it creates a church that's more curious, that's uh, kinder, and and again, Jesus-centric. It's cruciform. I, I hope that that's the message that that gets out there. Um, I don't know. I doubt anybody will be listening to me in a hundred years. Sometimes I think about my, my kids someday might, you know, <laughs> they might go back or maybe my grandkids, but that's probably about it. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I hope so. I hope it creates a more Jesus centric church and, and, uh, you know, uh, allows people to, to examine things and have a good place to kind of deconstruct if they need to. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I think there, podcasting and video and all this media, it's, it's new, right? I mean, radio really started in not too long ago, no, a hundred and something years ago. Television is the thing of the last century. So it's not that old, right? And, Internet started maybe like in the late 70s. We're in the, I mean, I was born in the 80s. I was on my, I, I got my first email, I think in 1997, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting how advanced we are 30 years later, right? And I think, yeah. well, to me, what I love about podcasts is that sometimes I don't read a lot, man. I do read, but... I, I, I don't know, just my rhythms don't really allow me to like sit down and read a whole book, even though I do, you know, I have a few and read um, and I enjoy it. But podcasting, it's it's way easier for me to just put some headphones and I'm doing something else and I can still focus on what it's been said. So in a sense, I feel like when you're talking to authors and, you know, theologians and whatever, you know, musicians, in a sense, it's it's almost like if they had a book, whether they have or not, because a lot of these people have books, right? But whether they have it or not, it's almost like you are reading their main ideas from their books, right? And I think that's where that learning comes from. But I wonder what's going to be, I mean, this is maybe futuristic, right? But what's going to happen in the, in the next 50 years? Because I, I do feel like... I don't know if people will, like you said, you know, maybe our kids will listen to this. But I tend to think that maybe people will look back 50 years you know, from now, 60 years from now, 
to maybe some of the conversations that were talked in this podcast, you know, whether it was based because of the person you were talking to, you know, whether he was a scholar and, and they want to maybe just hear their voice, right? Rather than, than just read about them or read their ideas. I think listening to their actual voice and maybe even seeing them because now we have video, it's going to be interesting, you know, and, and I think that's how I'm, in a sense, I'm learning, you know, because I, I love the idea that you said you're kind of like picking their brains and digging a little bit deeper. I love that, man. Are you, I know you were, you were doing some sort of like training with podcasting. Are you still doing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that kind of came out of uh, years, uh, you know, oh, three, four years ago, and before, if you had a podcast, everybody was asking you how to podcast. And so I, instead of, uh, you know, taking time out to field questions to everybody all the time, I just created this course uh, on podcasting for people. And so Uh, I made it and I update it periodically to keep up with the changing technology and techniques and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's out there for everybody. It's called uh, Podcasting for Everyone. You can find it at podcastingforeveryone.org if anybody's interested. Yeah. Cool. Because podcasting is going to be like the new way to write a book. You know, it's going to be, it's happening right now, right? It's like, yeah. you want to say something, start a podcast. And, or have a book and the podcast after the book, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that too. What are, and now I just want to dig a little bit into, into that area because I think in seven years of expertise, pretend I'm one of those guys. That's, um, and actually I am, you know, this is fairly a brand new podcast. I'm on like my 11th episode. What are some of the, the things I should know right off the bat And maybe I'll realize something I'm doing wrong, you know, but uh, how do you start? You know, what is one of the first things that you tell somebody that says, man, I want to do a podcast. What like do you say, man, look at equipment or look at your main idea? What what would be like the first recommendation? Yeah. So one things I say is uh, there's a stat out there a few years back, and I don't know if it holds true today, but. Uh, the idea was that most podcasts end after seven episodes and, and you can, you could see that um, if you can, if you could see all the podcasts that have ever been created um, you know, it's probably true that on average they last about seven episodes, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But most of the time people had bigger ideas, but they just ran out of steam after seven episodes mm. And so one of the things I encourage people to do is to plan out their first 20 episodes, um, get an outline. It doesn't have to be super detailed, but on each episode, what are you going to talk about? And that'll help you to pace yourself and, and to have a plan and to not end after seven episodes and be committed to it. And then also at the end of 20 episodes, you'll have a, a decent idea of how many people are interested in what you're talking about. Uh, you'll have an idea of you know, what episodes were popular and then why. And then that gives you an idea of how to move forward. And um, so that's what I tell somebody. And if, if one, if you can't get 20 episodes on paper, then you probably won't be able to record 20 episodes either. 
Mm-hmm. And again, if that's all you, if you're okay with that, if that still meets your goals, then fine, move, move forward, you know? Uh, but most people don't want that. Most people want something bigger. So I think that kind of helps people moving forward. That's so good, man. That's great advice. What, I mean, you have done so many interviews and you said you have like 200 episodes already. That's a lot of experience. That's, that's hours and hours and hours of conversation, you know, and I find myself, I, I studied communications in Mexico and kind of like went a little bit into like journalism and stuff. And I have previously before podcasts were a thing, I was doing interviews for almost the same thing, you know, Christian bands and um, oh, awesome. ministries and stuff like that. Right. But it was more like almost like a journal. Uh, what is it? Journalistic? No. Um, well, I would show up with my, my microphone at an event. You no know, Harvest Crusade where you know, fills the stadium with 60,000 people. And then Jars of Clay plays there. And then I would come up to them and ask a few questions about their music or you know, the, the new song or whatever, or the, the event itself. But I find that podcasting is way different, man. It's like, because like right here, right? We're talking one-on-one. We can go deeper. We can talk about almost like anything pretty much. So it's a way different realm of conversation. And I find myself, like, I had a, an interview with, with um, Jennifer Knapp, right? And, oh, nice. I mean, I've done interviews with, th- not thousands, but tons of, like, musicians. But it was always more on, like, almost like on a superficial level, right? So when you podcast and you go deeper, I almost f- found myself, like, wow, this is, this is literally like talking to somebody for an hour, almost like, like he's your friend for a lifetime, you know, and, and you're getting to know them in a, almost like in a personal way. Um, so that's a really long intro into this question. What are some of the ways you are learning? Because this is different from the, the previous experience I said to podcasting. When you interview people, what it's helpful to do, no, to, to, to have that conversation, to let it flow, to, I don't know, maybe have the, the right kind of questions. How do you approach that? Is that a, do you, know, do you have maybe a set of rules or something that helps you guide you through your conversations or something you've learned even with the 200 you've done? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't think I have a set of rules necessarily, but... But one thing I tell people is that, especially if you're going to do a podcast and if you're going to do an interview format podcast, to just listen to other really good interview format podcasts. Mm. Um, and so that's, I do that a lot. I've always loved them. So that's easy. But yeah, I, you know, I think that um, for every interview, I write questions ahead of time. Now, some I have more than others. And Some I know that I'll be able to just kind of uh, do do like improv more of the conversation, if you will, without the questions. But I always have them there, and that's always that's helpful because if you come to a point where you don't know what to say, you've always got a question in front of you that you can go to. So uh, that's definitely what I do. The other thing is, I just don't. Um, I make it a point to not talk too much myself. Let the, 
I ask the question and then let the person respond and maybe I have a follow-up, but uh, I want to, I want to hear from them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good, man. Cause uh, I, and I think that's, that's a different type of journalism than your, your typical, uh, no main, main line or, um, mainstream, mainstream. Yeah. Mainstream journalism. Because I've seen some interviews even on YouTube where somebody's asking some you know, whatever question and it's like in the middle of their answer, they interrupt and they <laughs> they kind of like want them to say whatever they want to hear rather yeah. than let them speak. And I don't know if, if I don't know if that's shifting or if that's just a different style, you know, and people some people enjoy that and they're like, no, I I because they're really rooting for the guy that's interviewing right not for yeah. the guy that's that's telling the answer but i find it that in podcasting it's more it's more about maybe one question right and then you let him talk for five minutes that's so cool because then yeah yeah and you can you I, i am surprised sometimes that i can have a 45 minute conversation out of five questions Yeah. If you just when you just let somebody talk, it's it's interesting. Yeah, that's so cool. Um what are you reading? What is something um current that inspires you or that you find helpful or you know just what did you like to read? Yeah, you know, uh, full disclosure, since for whatever reasons in the quarantine, I have not been reading much. Uh, or in the pandemic. I don't know what it is, but it's been hard for me to read. I don't know if it's just uh, like this kind of collective anxiety that we all have right now or yeah. what's going on. But uh, actually last night I read uh, most of a new book that's coming out. It's not out yet, uh, but a new book by University Press called Permission to be Black. And uh, it's about uh, this guy i think he's a college professor but just kind of about his experiences going to therapy and um you know uh, white supremacy whiteness has really kind of uh done a number on people of color and so there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of baggage that the world puts upon them and so it, it's just one man's uh kind of journey of uh, seeing a counselor and kind of finding some real um some real hope and some real freedom and kind of living authentically. So it's, it's really cool. I think that's coming out next year. It's called permission to be black. It's really good. Yeah. It's coming out next year, but you're reading it last night. I'm, um, IVP asked me to give a, a blurb on it to give ah, an endorsement. Okay. And so, ah, nice. yes. So cool, man. Lucky you. Is that yeah, I, I is lucky me. It is lucky me. Yeah. That's cool. That's a whole year in advance. That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, have you done other reviews like that where you say, you know, kind of like your, I don't know, your snippet and recommendation about books? Yeah, I've done a handful. Part of that has come from, uh, well, I, for a few people that I've had on my podcast, we've become real, real life friends. And so sometimes when they write a book, they'll reach out to me. Uh, but sometimes it's a, a publisher. They, they'll know me because I've had a lot of their books 
uh, authors of their books on my podcast. And so sometimes they'll reach out to me. And that was the case for this book, for Permission to be Black. Uh, IVP reached out and said, hey, would you uh, think about doing an endorsement for this? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tool. It's a real, a real fun thing. I don't know that enough people have heard of me for my endorsement to mean much, but it's fun anyway. That's cool. Yeah. One more endorsement for the book. That's awesome. Um, what are some of the topics that interest you, um, whether book or, or for your podcast, what are, you know, maybe five, three, some of like the, the hottest topics in your mind? So I kind of, um, this took a long time to get to, like, I don't think I was probably had done like 150 episodes before I kind of nailed this down, but basically I want everything in my podcast fits in mostly fits into a few categories. Uh, one would be uh, what, what we might call uh, social justice type stuff. Um, always, always through the lens of Christ, but social justice type stuff. So like um, racial justice has been a big theme on the show for a long time now. And I've, I had been really privileged to interview a lot of just amazing people who are kind of on the forefront of writing about racial justice and, and uh, things surrounding that topic. So that's been really cool. So uh, social justice, uh, spiritual formation. So uh, things like um, prayer, fasting, Um, James Bryan Smith, I don't know if you know of him, but he runs the Renovari Institute, but they, uh, they, they deal with spiritual formation. You know, how do we, how do we connect with God? I'm really interested in that. And then, uh, theology. So that's where like N.T. Wright would come in and, mm. uh, Walter Brueggemann and a bunch of people that I've been really fortunate to talk to who are a really big deal in academia. Were you reading their books before you reach out? to them for your podcast i mean did you just read a book from them and said oh man this guy is awesome i want to interview him or how was how were you introduced to like all these uh, leaders in their in their particular areas of expertise yeah that's a good question it kind of depends i mean i try to read all or most of the books of the authors that i have on the podcast and so Um, generally I don't have the book read before I try to get them on the show. Um, because if I, if they're not gonna, if they can't come on for whatever reason, then I don't need to move on to a different, uh, book. Cause I don't, I don't want to spend however many hours reading, reading the book. If it's, mm. I'm not going to get to have a conversation about it. Not yeah. always. That doesn't mean I don't read a book because I want to read it, but, um, I kind of have to pick and choose because time is, is scarce, but, Um, generally how it happens is either I know the author from a previous work enough to know that the next, that this book's going to be good or something that I want to talk about, or it's a topic that I'm really interested in. Uh, mm -hmm. one of those two ways is how I, uh, approach it. So if it's, if it's a book coming out, then I'll, I'll find a way to get in touch with them and send them an interview request. And that's, that's generally how it works out. Cool, man. And When you talked about social justice and racial justice, what do you, what have you seen? I mean, you are in Austin, Texas. I don't know if there's something in particular that you have noticed. Have you traveled, or why is this why is this um, 
a hot topic for you. Why is this an issue? And I'm saying, I'm just asking because I'm curious because I've heard some of your podcasts and I'm an immigrant. I'm from Guadalajara, Mexico, and um, I, I could go into that, but uh, some of your podcasts with some people you have interviewed, they're powerful, man. I feel like, wow, this, uh, I, I forgot her name, Magali, something like that. Um, Maria Elena. Well, I forgot, but I was like, wow, I want to get to know her. You know, I want to be a part of her movement because I'm an immigrant. I you know I want to go and protest or whatever. But what have you seen in, in this area that stirred you up enough to to reach out to these people? Yeah, yeah. I think Marlena Graves, I think Marlena. is who you're talking about. Yeah, uh -huh. she has a, a book out, new book out called, I think it's called The Way Up is Down. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I would say... I think when I first started my podcast, I, I was kind of like just average white guy, like, yeah, racism's bad, you know, let's, let's move on. And then, uh, because of some people that I had on my show, I started reading more, started listening more. And then you kind of realize that like, oh my gosh, like there's, as far as, as far as race goes, um, there is this whole system of white supremacy that kind of permeates everything. And I know that's a lot, of, it's hard for a lot of people to hear because that was hard for me to hear when I first encountered that. So then you look at that through the lens of Christ and having all the privilege in the world and then giving it up and coming, coming to earth to be a man and uh, a, a persecuted ethnicity, right? So there's an example to follow there. Um, So you look at that, you look at the way that uh, immigrants tend to be treated. Uh, you look at the way that people escaping violence have been turned away at our borders. Um, the families have been separated. And, you know, I just, I, I have kids. I just can't imagine being separated from them and uh, a government taking them away and not knowing what's going to happen. And so I just think that a faithful, if we're going to be anything close to faithful to Jesus, then that, that prompts a, a reaction and, and a, a response. So um, I try to, and again, I'm a Christian. That is the only lens that I can look at this through. Um, and so To me, it just comes back to being faithful to Jesus. And I think that being concerned about that, speaking up about it, um, and uh, I just think that's what faithfulness looks like. So that's been really, really important, a big part of the show. Wow. Yeah, that's deep, man. And well, I, I would love to say thank you for doing that. You know, I think, um, yeah, you're voicing out people who who are doing something and in uh, i mean even like you said you know the the shifting of your mind and i don't know how maybe you because you're you're in the, you were born here i i would assume see right now i'm making a judgment but you were you born here yeah that's a safe that's a safe assumption yeah you know okay. i'm a white guy got a got an american <laughs> accent so yeah no okay and i mean for you to almost like shift from this this uh, prejudgment of, you know, I'm a white guy and racism is bad to, 
inviting people to your podcast to talk about you know, immigration and you know, kids at the border and things like that. That's a pretty big step to take, you know? And I don't know, did you feel a... And I'm, I'm, I'm just digging a little bit more into, into like personal you, but do, do you feel any resentment? Like, how do you feel? How do you see America? Because I know a lot of people is like, I'm proud to be an American. And I think that's okay. You know, just as much as I would be proud to say I'm Mexican and I'm proud of that. Right. But what is the, is there any tension there now that you have listened to like all these different voices? What, what's going on in your mind? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's immense tension for sure. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to get cynical and say, um, you know, there's nothing good about this country and let's just, you know, burn it down. But I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's correct. Look, I, I love that in, in normal circumstances when we're not in the pandemic, I can go and on a Sunday morning and meet with fellow believers and have a liturgy and we're not afraid of government persecution. We're not afraid of, of uh, you know, encountering violence. I, I, I appreciate that. So there are good things about that, right? I, somebody said once, you know, nobody... Uh, nobody confuses Russia as it, with a Christian nation. Like, like <laughs> nobody thinks like Russia is the new Jerusalem. And, and so I have to, I have to acknowledge that there are good things about this country. There are things that I'm appreciative of. Um, and because of that, I'm compelled to critique the things that we need to do better and that we need to fix and realize that my experience uh, as a white guy is not everybody else's experience. So, mm. yes, there's there's a lot of tension there, <laughs> as wow. it should be, I think. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I, and it's hard because I feel like, um, I mean, one thing is to just critic something, right? And maybe just, it, it, if you don't do anything about it, it sounds more like just complaining. But the moment you try to engage in a conversation, I think that's the moment it, it gives... It's trying to bring a solution rather than just extending a problem, right? So I think in a sense, maybe that's what I've noticed with seminary dropout, you know, that it's it's uh, it's offering at the same time that it's, it's talking about the issues, that talking about the issues itself, it's more of offering a solution or a healing balm than not doing anything about it, right? So... I guess in a sense, I want to give you props for that, you know, and I love Seminary Dropout. I already said that. I already know the answer, but I want to know why is it called, for people that don't know, why is it called sure. Seminary Dropout? Because I think it's a cool story. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, yeah, everybody always asks, are you really a Seminary Dropout? And I am. I uh, dropped out twice. I first went to seminary in New Orleans and was there for, I don't know, about a month or so before Hurricane Katrina hit. So evacuated. That ended my first <laughs> first attempt at seminary. And then uh, the second time I went to, to seminary in, in Waco, Texas, 
And I was also, uh, that was when my friends and I planted this church. So we were commuting a little over an hour away. I was working a part-time job outside of that. And it was just entirely too much. So, so that was my second dropout. But <laughs> the real reason it's called Seminary Dropout is because it's a metaphor for the show in which, yes, we're interviewing these like top-notch scholars, um, you know, people that I can't believe uh, I get to interview, uh, deep things, but yet I hope that it is always something that the average layperson, the person who attends church, the average Christian, can understand, that they can wrap their minds around. And so that was kind of one of the things that was shocking about going to seminary was how uh different the things you learned in seminary were from church. And so uh, I really want to kind of get those things a little bit closer together and kind of fill that gap anytime I can. So, so I kind of served as a metaphor for the show. Nice, man. And you're doing it outstanding. So uh, proud thanks, for brother. that. It's so cool. Um, what was I going to say? challenges uh, man i forgot what the next question was training people i think that was it man but okay. with that this is what i want to say brother i find myself always coming to a weird spot in my last question which just might have happened <laughs> have you have you learned anything in, in your rhythms to uh, you know maybe what's a good way to wrap up a podcast conversation some so sometimes it is difficult sometimes i will say the last thing i want to ask you is dot 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 and mm. then i'll ask the question um sometimes i will just after they're done i will just say well so-and-so it's been really great to talk with you thanks for being on the podcast and uh, sometimes that seems awkward to me but when you listen to it back it sounds perfectly natural the other thing is yeah. your last question if your last question can it kind of be like big picture like so if you say like you know so to sum up everything like what would you say blah 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 if it's a big picture question that kind of sets the stage to have a conclusion right so those are those are the kind of tactics that i take but you're right it's it's difficult it's not easy yeah and you gotta be focused and concentrated right and when well let's say you come to the end of your talk right and then normally here on my screen i you no know, click off like recording it stops and it stops the whole thing so whenever i say bye it's my my last live it's not recorded we don't see each other anymore bye bye do you normally do that too when you say bye that's bye or do you go after you know the the on the record do you still go for a little bit extra or no or even before you know th does that happen with you too So generally what I do is, and I don't record video, I only record audio. And so everything mm. I'm recording, I record on my digital audio recorder. So this little device here. So I will generally, um, I'll, end, I'll, I'll end the podcast. I'll end the part that people hear. You know, I'll say, hey, thanks for being on the show. And they'll say, thanks for having me. 
and then that's it. And but we're still recording, and they're still on the call. And so I will um, then I'll say, hey, you know, sincerely, thanks for being on the show. I'll send you a link when this publishes. If you need anything, let me know. And then and then we'll say goodbye for real. And so yeah. then later when I go back, I'll edit out that part, obviously. So yeah, that's how I do it. Cool, man. That's a great tip because <laughs> sometimes I, I, I get a little bit confused in, in, in that little area. And like I was saying, you know, podcasting and you no, know, I'm doing video. So this is for sure. It's different than just coming up to to a musician or something and asking, you know, two or three questions. This is a whole yeah. whole different realm. But I love that you came on the show for this one because At the same time that I wanted to learn about seminary dropout, I knew that you were kind of like giving uh, consultation or helping people develop their podcasts. So I wanted to pick your brain with with that a little bit too. So thank you so much, man. That's been so helpful. What is, this is my last question. <laughs> What is your your big hope for seminary dropout in the future? I think my hope for seminary dropout is to give uh, give voices a platform that I think the world needs to hear. So, and especially neglected ones. So, uh, mm. people of color and women in ministry. Um, if, if if it can be a place where we can amplify voices that the world needs to hear, I am happy and I am satisfied. So, yeah. That's so good, man. That's such a great heart. Everyone that's listening right now, go check out Seminary Dropout. Um, there's a seminarydropout.com, right? Yep. Or yep. just go to Spotify and everywhere you can find it. And also, right. podcastingforeveryone.com. If you want to start your, your own org. podcast, .org. And you have a little bit of questions like I did, and you want to learn more and be guided through it, this is the guy. He just did it here on the show today. We talked about his podcast, but we also talked about podcasting. And I know this might be this might be one of the tools of the 21st century, maybe even for Christians to do ministry in a new way, right? To do discipleship or to do training or to do whatever it might be. But we want this tool to be used for the best. And if you want the best, You need Shane Blackshear in your life, right? Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for this conversation. listening to this episode of Christian Podcast. If you liked this episode, share it with friends and family. Make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review wherever you can. You can also visit christianpodcast.com to learn more about our show. Hasta la vista. <laughs>